this week's parasha is parashas Kisisa. And after the Chet Egel, the Torah describes how Moshe Rabbeinu created an Ayel Mayed. Ayel Mayed is a term that later in the Torah will be the words used to describe the Mishkan interchangeably. But originally, the first Ayel Mayed was the tent that Moshe Rabbeinu created after the Chet Egel for himself as a base medrash to meet, which is the Lashon of Mayed, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he pitched this tent outside of the Machaneh because Klai Yisrael were in a state of Nidoi. Rashi says, Nidoi, Minudol Arab, Minudol Talmud, just like the HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of put Klai Yisrael in a state of Cherem, Moshe Rabbeinu followed suit. So he, he made his tent, his base medrash, outside of the Machaneh, and v'haya kol mevakesh Hashem, anyone that sought out the Dvar Hashem, yetzei el oil mayed, they would go to the base medrash, to this oil mayed of Meshe Rabbeinu, asher michutz la-machaneh, that is outside of the machaneh. The Balaturim says on this pasuk, mikan shetzarech adam legalais kidei sheyomai tayrei. From here we see that a person must go into Golos in order to learn Tyra. The simple understanding of this Balaturim is that you see that Meshe Rabbeinu went Michutz Lamachanet to learn Tyra, and whoever was Mevakesh Hashem also followed suit. He also went out of the Machanet They left the comfort of their own home and they went elsewhere. And we see from here, says the Balaturim, that you have to, if you want to be successful in learning, you need to be prepared with Gaulis, to go into Gaulis, to go outside of your comfort zone, to leave your home, and to find and discover your success in learning elsewhere. And that's, we know this from our own experiences, perhaps, Many times when we're home, or maybe when we were in high school, elementary school, we weren't able to really completely throw ourselves into our Tyra studies because there were so many distractions. And then you go to Eretz Yisrael, or you go to an Adetan Yeshiva, where there are considerably less distractions, and suddenly you're able to get an Abbas HaTayra that you were not able to get, and an Amelos HaTayra, because at home it's not as conducive an environment to learn as going into Golas. And many G'daylam used to do this, and Tamid HaChacham in the Gemara Kedushin speaks about how young uh, Kailo people would go and uh, leave their wives for long times in order to learn, and they would come back intermittently, and uh, Rabbi Akiva went away for many, many years. So that's the simple pshat that we learn from this Balaturim, in this Pasuk, that if you're a Mavakesh Hashem, you have to be Yetzirah you have to go out to the Ayomayed, and there hopefully you will be able to succeed in, a, in attaining the Dvar Hashem. The Rambam in Hilchas Retzeach Hushmiras Nefesh in Parak Zayin Halacha Aleph says, describing the Gemara in Makis, describing the Halachas, extracting the Halachas of the Gemara in Makis about when a Talmud has to go into Golas. That parak in Makis, the second parak, describes um, when a person kills somebody else, Bishagi. 
If a person kills accidentally somebody else, how he has to go into Golas in order to avoid the Reitzayach, the, the person who's the Gael Adam, the, uh, the person who is coming to redeem their relative's blood because this person spilled it by killing him Bishagay, so the, the, the Gael Adam is chasing after him. But you're safe if you go into a base, which is the Ari Miklot, the place of the of, uh, of protection for anyone that's Hayreg Nefesh Bishkago. And the Pasuk in, that describes these Ari Miklots, which was, by the way, the place of the Levium, these were all Ari Levium, the cities that the Levium dwelled in, they doubled also as an Ari Miklot, which we're going to speak about later. There it says, Hu Yanus, the person who killed Bishayget, he will flee. He will flee to one of these cities, Vachai, and he will live. So the Gemara says, Ah, means you have to make sure that it's a livable, habitable place, which means that you have to have food in that city, you have to have a regular commerce system, an ecosystem of, of, uh, of stores, and whatever a Yid would need to live, Vachai, you have to provide that in these cities so that he's able to, to live, to live in a normal way. But there's an added drasha that the Gemara gives that not only in material matters you have to make sure that he could live, that he could survive there, but also spiritually. And from here the Gemara darshans that if a Talmud goes into Golos, if a Talmud is somebody that kills a nefesh b'shaygeg, and he has to go into Golas, so then the Rav has to come with him because it says v'chai. He has to live. It's part of the din of v'chai is that the Rebbe has to go uproot himself from his family, from his yeshiva, and go and be part of the, the living of this Talmud that went into Golas. So the Rambam sort of expands this a little bit and gives us a, a musr shmuz within this halacha, which he rarely does, but he does it often enough. And he says as follows, Talmud she'galolir miklot, a Talmud who goes out into galos, into an ir miklot, megalen rabbi imai, we send the rabbi into galos with him as well. Shenem ar because the Pasuk says v'chai. And which means that you have to enable him to live. And the life of somebody that's a Baal Chachma, somebody that has a, a, a pursuit of wisdom, and seeks it out, somebody that has a love for wisdom and who seeks out wisdom, he's Mevakshem, he's a Mevakshem. Without Talmatayra, that's not life. It's death. He might have all the creature comforts that he might need in an Ari Miklot. He might have good food, and he might have coffee, and he might have a, a, a place to go swimming, and he might have a place to go play basketball. But if he doesn't have Tyra, if you're not providing him with his Rebbe, so it's Kemisa Chashub, he's, he's, he's dead. He has no, he's sort of being uh, sapped of his spiritual lifeline. 
And so you have to provide that for him. And then he says, The Ramaman says the same thing is true, the opposite. And that's also from the Gemara there, that if a Rav goes into Gaulus, if a Rebbe goes into Gaulus, the holy yeshiva comes into Gaulus with him. Why? Because of the Din of Achai, the same thing. Because people that, if you want to create an, uh, a matzav of Achai for the Rebbe, so you have to have his yeshiva come with him. So I want to speak a few ha'aris out on this Rambam and on this whole concept. The first thing that I wanted to say was that the Lushan of the Rambam is always very medukuk. If you look in the Sfarim, whenever they describe the Lushan of the Rambam, it's always l'shaynai hazav shal Rambam, the golden speech, the golden language that the Rambam uses. Because he's always there's never anything that the Rambam writes that is not purely from Makar. He didn't just stop write uh, things, you know, from, his, from the top of his head. He always has sources. And that's why, if you look around the Rambam, there is the Nisekim of the Rambam. Great, great, Kedaili Eilam wrote commentaries on the Rambam. A lot of it is to ask questions on the Rambam, to miyashiv a Rambam, to understand the Amachlaikas between the Raivan and the Rambam. But a lot of it is just sourcing where the Rambam gets his halachas from. Because the Rambam didn't write any sources. The Rambam just wrote it like uh, Kitzah Shulchan Aruch. He just wrote his, his halachas, you know, one halacha after another. He might have gotten it from this Gemara, this came from a Gemara in Makis, like we said, but sometimes he's from, it's coming from a Yerushalmi, sometimes he's coming from a Mechilta, from a Medrash. And so a lot of the Nisei Kalim deal with this. Where did the Rambam get these halachas? It's very important to, to track down his source in order to better understand what his kavana was. If you can't find the source in the Nisei Kalim on the page, so if you look in the Frankel Rambam, there is a Sefer HaMachteach in the back, or there's another uh, part that has different gear size. The, Ram, the Frankel Rambam is a fantastic piece of scholarship that took years and years and years to compile by the greatest Amit HaKamim, and also many times you'll be able to find, track down uh, where the Ram gets things. If the Nisikayim don't have it, you'll find it somewhere in the back of the, of the Frankel Rambam. If you can't find it in the back of the Frankel Rambam, so you go to where? Reb Chaim Kanievsky is safer on the Rambam. Reb Chaim Kanievsky wrote one of the classic psalm on the Rambam. We have it in Yeshiva, it's called Kiryas Melech. And, um, and that is a, uh, and what he does is fantastic. He goes through every Rambam. And whenever the Nisikhalim don't provide the source, or any of the other Rishayim and don't provide sources, comes along with kind of guys, I know where it's from. And it's uncanny how he's able to, to know Medrashim from across the spectrum. And Zayars and Yerushalmi's, where the Rambam got it from, that no one else caught in the history of the since Matan Tyra. It's an amazing thing. So I was bothered by this Lashon of the Rambam when the Rambam says that the people that have a, an appreciation for Chachma, for wisdom, for Tyra, and those that seek it out 
is Kemisa Chashuvah. Without Taira, that's Kemisa. Where does the Rambam get this from? What's, what's the source of the Rambam for saying this? V'chaye Balei Chachma Umevakshah. So I looked in the Nice Kehilam, didn't say anything. Looked in the back of the Prime Rambam, didn't say anything. Rechaim Kanievsky didn't say anything. Where does he get this from? He has to get it from. He didn't just make it up because it sounded good. So what I was thinking possibly is that maybe the Rambam got it from this pasuk that we started with this morning in Kisisa. V'hoya kal Hashem. V'hoya kal Hashem. Whoever seeks out Hashem goes to the Ayomai. And the Balaturim said that Mikan from here we learn A person is expected to go into Golas to actually leave the comfort of his home, go out to Golas in order to learn Tyra. And the Pasuk says that if who has to do this? Only somebody that's a Mavakish. Meaning, the trademark of Mavakish Hashem is you go into Golos. Comes along the Rambam and says that you have to, if you're, a Rebbe goes into Golos or a Talmud goes into Golos, so the Talmidim and the Rabbeim have to follow because you have to be prepared when you, to go out to get Tyra. You have to be a Mavakesh in order, and if you're, if you're not, then it's Kemisa Chashuba. If, you don't, if you're a Mavakesh and you don't get the Tyra, then it's Kemisa Chashuba. So what the Pasuk is saying is that anyone that was Mavakesh Hashem, you wanted Bar Hashem, you got to go to the Almighty. You got to go Michutz Lamachanet. And if, you're, if you don't, if you're not a Mavakesh, then you don't. So if a person goes into Golos, if a person is Harig Nevesh Bishkaga, his din of Achai, his din of Achai is providing him with Tyre. Why? Because in order, if he's going out into Golos and he's a Mavakesh, then that's his Chiyas. That's his Chiyas. The Mavakesh Hashem, if you are Mavakesh Hashem, then you'll go out to the Ayelmaye. And so when the Rebbe goes into Gauls, the Yeshiva goes into Gauls with him. Why? Because, because that's, that's what's expected of Mavakesh Hashem. Why did the Rebbe of this Talmud have to go into Gauls? Where is he going? Where, you think that he's going to some uh, hick town, to, some, to Dodge City? You know, with a tumbleweed, like, rolling through the main street uh, without anybody, without any Tyra. What's the point? Why is there uh, a chia for a Rebbe when a Talmud kills somebody b'shaigeg and he's going into Golas? Why is it the Rebbe would have to follow him in there? He's going to an Are Levian, the Levian were the greatest Hamidah Chacham of the Dar. Yair Mishpatech Yaka. These were the teachers. These were the... Paiskim, these were the great these were the people that were Tairasim Umrasim. Imagine if uh, Talmud goes into Gullahs in, uh, in Lakewood. You have thousands of Tamidikacham there. So I have to follow this Talmud into Lakewood because, because he, he went into Gullahs? That's the Vachai? What's the Vachai? He's going into a place that has thousands of Shiurim, 
as many dachyayni shirim as you want, as many lamdash chaburis as you want, as many, whatever you want, it's there. What do, you, what do I need to shlep there for? Say goodbye to my family, leave my yeshiva in order to provide for him of a chay. It's a great question. This is a question that's brought in the Sefer Chachmas HaMatzpen. The Musr Sefer, we have it too in the base Medrash. Tremendous Musr Sfarim, which is like a Likud of the great Bali Musr. And the Chachmas HaMatzpen says a very big aside from this, that Rabbeim should not be a one-size-fits-all. I need a Rebbe, okay, I'll get any Rebbe. I need a rub, I'll, any rub will do. A proper Rebbe is a Rebbe that you connect to, that you feel a personal yachas to, in his approach to learning, in his approach to life, in his hadracha, in his hashkafa, in his, in his ni'imus, in his, just, I, I just, this is my Rebbe, I know that this is my Rebbe. And therefore, it's not like, okay, he's going to Lakewood, so, you know, there's thousands of potential of Potential of aim is not a Rebbe. If you have a relationship to him, and he with you, his v'chai bohem, his v'chai is having you there with him. Not having Tyra, it's having your Tyra. There's a special yachas that a Talmud has with a Rebbe that he feels, I can't, you know, I can't, uh, like, sometimes we're here in Yeshiva and we, uh, I'm not in the mood to go to this Rebbe Shir, I think I'm going to jump to another Rebbe Shir. I don't like this Rebbe, I'll go to another Rebbe. And that's fine. But once you find your Rebbe, stick with him. Because you're supposed to have a relationship and, and, and it's, not a, it's not so posh to just say, okay, it's, it's interchangeable. I'll, I'll go one Rebbe, they're, they're all teaching on the same parak, the same Gemara, the same... It's not like that. A Rebbe-Talmud relationship is specific to that Rebbe with that Talmud. And so if a Talmud goes even into the Ari-Alavim, and there might be potential Rabbanim, Rabbeim, Meirei Derech, Meirei Halacha, you are entitled as a Talmud to have your Rebbe come because otherwise it's not Bechai. If your Rebbe is not there with you, your Rebbe that you feel that Kesher with, then it's not Bechai. It's lacking in the Bechai. Yeah, it might be you'll be able to find a different Bechai, but you never know. And so the Torah mandates that that Rebbe must come with the Talmud because of the Din of Bechai. And the same is true, by the way, the other way. If a Rebbe goes into Galus, he has a relationship with that Talmud. With, with Talmud. You might be able to find new Talmudim in, in, in the Ari Miklat, but it's not his current Talmudim. He has a relationship with them. That's his Bechai. So that's one very important yisayid that we uh, that we see. I, you know, a lot of times you find this in Eretz Yisrael um, that people develop very strong kisharim with their avayim. I'm just going through this right now because my son Shlomo Zalman is uh, learning in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, and he's very happy in the yeshiva that he's in. He has avayim, and he, you know he's very very into it. Thank God. Um, and now he has to make a decision whether he should come home for Pesach because if he comes home, he might not be able to get back into the country. And, you know, I want him home. So come home, whatever. It's a win-win. If you, if you go back, you go back. If you stay, we'll find you a different yeshiva here. And he's mamish speaking out this Torah. He's saying, like, I don't want to go to another yeshiva. I, I want to be with my Rebbeim. 
I'm happy where I am. I don't want to be, you know, it's, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, it can't, it can't just like move. You have to, if you're somewhere and you're happy, that's where you should be. And sometimes it's hard to relocate and it's hard to, you know, when you come back to America to, to find that Rebbe that you, you're looking for because you had him and now you lost him. True. That doesn't mean to say that you should not be making a Kesher with your current Rabbeim and make them your Rabbeim. But it's very understandable that your Chiyos is from your Rebbe. You have a close relationship with that Rebbe, with that Yeshiva, with that whole Mahalach. You don't want to start going somewhere else. And part of a person's Vachai is, this is, where I, this is my life, and that's a good thing. That's a sign that, you're a, 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 that you have this what the Rambam calls your Bale Chachmam Vachshah. If you have that need for that Rebbe, that means that you're into it. If you have no need for it, so then obviously you're not a Mavakish, and you're not a, a Bale Chachmam. You just need a Yeshiva because of whatever purpose. But if a person really is into it, his Chiyas comes from that Makam Taira. His Chiyas comes from that Rebbe, from that, from that Yeshiva. The Pnei Menachem the Gera Rebbe, whose yard site, his 25th yard site was this week. He asks a very good question also on this Rambam, on this Gemara. He says, why is it that the Rambam just says that if a Talmud goes into Golos, then the Rebbe has to come? What about the Chavra? Isn't part of the Chai also that his friends should come? What about his Chavrusa? If a Talmud goes into Golos, the Rebbe has to schlep there, okay. V'chai. What about his chavrusa, his, the people in his chabura, his roommates? What about his chavra? Why don't they have to come? It doesn't say anything in the Rambam back. And it does say the opposite. It says that if the Rebbe goes, the whole yeshiva has to come there. Shouldn't it be the other way also? If uh, any Talmud comes to uh, the Aramikla, the whole yeshiva is expected to, uh, to follow suit, why shouldn't they have to come? It's a great question. But the answer is even better. You know what he says? He says, if you're a good friend, if you're a good friend, you don't need a din of a chai in order to bring you to the Ari Mikla. You come on your own. Your friend is in Golos, your friend is Bitsar, your friend is Ahayag Nevesh Bishkaga. He's going, he's down and out. He feels, Nebuch, I have to now uproot my whole life. I killed somebody. It's depressing. He has to go and... The Rebbe has to go, come because of the din of Achai. But his friends instinctively should be there with him. They know to be there. It's not, you don't need a din. It's not, you don't have to pull out a Shulchan Aruch and clear a Chakira whether or not I should come or I shouldn't come. You have to be there with your friend when he needs you. He brings an example from Eiv. Eiv is, uh, you know, a big safer of Tanakh that very hard to understand, very deep philosophical issues that are discussed there. The words themselves are very difficult, and Eiv Rav Schwab wrote a beautiful uh, sefer, it's called Rav Schwab on Eiv, very, he opens it up a lot. But it's a very difficult, very complex sefer to learn. And what happened was with Eiv that he was, uh, he suffered greatly. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Rishos to, uh, 
to the satan, to the malach, to, uh, to, to really make him, uh, you know, lo- try to lose his emuna. There was like a bet. Can you make him lose his, you know, the, the malach said, yeah, I could, you know, he's, he's, if I, I, could, I could change him from being such a rock solid Evet Hashem, and Hashem said, no, you can't. So they made a deal. Try, do whatever you want. Aches nafshei shumar, but you can't kill him. You could do everything short of killing him. Sure, and he did. Everything happened to him. He had a terrible yisurim, and his family, you know, family members, uh, you know, tragically met tragic uh, uh, fates, and uh, and he lost all his money, and he was racked with pain. He had terrible, terrible. When we speak about yisurim iyai, it's like the worst. Pains that a person could possibly endure in life. And he had three friends, Yev. And they all came from different areas and different regions to be with him when he was going through all the suffering. Now, in those days, they didn't have emails, they didn't have WhatsApp, they didn't have text. He had no, no way of communicating with these friends that lived far away. But they knew instinctively, as soon as he was going through this terrible pain, they, they almost like, uh, with a premonition, they magnetically were like drawn to him from different areas because they felt his tsar, and that drew them in. And says the pain, Menachem, that's how friends should be with one another. That when you, your friend is going, Rahman al-Sam, through a terrible tsara, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's uh, family issues, whether it's social, whether tired, whatever it is that's plaguing that person, you have to instinctively come and be there with him. Without a din of just because he's going through something hard, you automatically, if you're a good friend, we're not always good friends, it's hard to cultivate friends and to have a real solid friend that's with you through thick and through thin. And if you find one or two of them in your whole life, you're lucky. I once, uh, I once met, a, I met with a Rebbe of mine who was a very profound influence on me. And years after I left his shir, um, I went to visit him in his home. He was sick. He was nifter not too long after that. And he asked me, he says, Misha, how many friends do you have? I said, Baruch Hashem, I have many friends. He says, if you have many friends, you have no friends. If you think that you have hundreds of friends or dozens of friends, that's a sign that you have no friends. Because what a real friend is, is he said, you're lucky if you get, like I just said, one or two of them in your whole life. One or two friends in your whole life. Because a friend is not a guy that you slap on the back and say, good is to. A friend is somebody that at two o'clock in the morning, if you're stuck you know, on the jackie with a flat tire, you know I could just call him and he'll be, he'll be here for me. If I, need to, if I need money to borrow, I could call him and he's going you know, to come over right away with money. If I'm, if I'm in a hospital and I, I, need, uh, I need some food, he's the guy that will come for me and I will come for him. That's friendship. That's a real friend. That's very rare to find. Very rare. And if you find him, you hold on to him, you don't let him go. And you cultivate it and you strengthen that relationship. 
But those, that's the type of friends that we're talking about here. Those types of friends would come into the Are Miklod by themselves instinctively. They just know, I have to be here. Forget, I don't care about the mitzvah of Achai. I'm here because he's going through Tsaris. I have to be here with him. You know, these are halachas that are negeya. The rift, by the way, in the back of Makkah, somebody told me, pointed this out to me the other day, if you look in the back of Meseches Makkah, so the rift has a lot of halachas on, on, on different elements of Meseches Makkah, because a lot of it is negeya. Giving, you know, whatever, different elements of, that, that, that are brought throughout the Gemaras is negeya, la So the first parak in Makkah has a ton of halachas, the third parak has but the second parak has one halacha of the rift. This whole parak about Ewe and Adrelin, about going with the Golas, it's Hilchas and Meshicha. It's not, uh, it's not Negei, it's not relevant for us today because we don't have our Mikvats. Nefesh Bishkagel, where are you going? You're not, you know, Chas Vashalom, you shouldn't have it, but if you do have it. But this halacha about, the, about a Rebbe and a Talmud following each other into Golas, this is brought by the rift. Rabbi Matisyo Solomon says, that the reason is because this is not a helpless Mashiach. This is not something that's Nagaya. Like the riff only brings things that are practically Nagaya now, not when Mashiach comes. But this is Nagaya to us every day. How to treat a Rebbe, how to treat a Talmud, how to have a friend. These are very, very basic and intrinsic and important halachas to learn because it sort of opens up the world of the yeshiva, the world of a Rebbe, the world of a Talmud. The world of Chaberim to us in a very vivid manner. Think about it. You thought up until now that a Rebbe was somebody that was hired to teach you Gemara. But there's no necessarily Kesher Nitzchi between you and him. You know, if, I, if he leaves, if he, if he retires, I'll get another Rebbe. If I leave Yeshiva, I'll go find a different base Medrash. We're learning today something very important that it doesn't happen that way. Or it shouldn't happen that way. That's not the right perception of a Rebbe. A rabbi, I have my Rebbe, that's my Rebbe. I love him, I'm crazy about him, I learn by him, I love his Torah, I love his Nachshava, I love his sense of humor, and like, uh, I think he's like the person I'm modeling my life after. That's what a Rebbe is. Yeah, you want to go to another, I don't want to go to another, she, I'm very happy where I am. I couldn't be, I don't want to go anywhere. This is good for me. And a Rebbe has Talmidim. These are his Talmidim. You want to go to another yeshiva, you think they're better Talmidim, different Talmidim, older, younger. That's not the way a Rebbe should look at things. It's the, the chiyas that you have comes from your Talmidim and comes from your Rebbeim. And the friendship that's fostered in the yeshiva also creates a, a din that the yeshiva has to go together with a Rebbe and that the Talmidim that a chevra should follow a person that goes into, a friend that goes into goals without the din of a chai. These are very important halachas that we're learning today. This is not halachas of Mashiach, this is not academic, and, and this is real, this is today. I want to tell you a Bart, and we'll close with this, that I thought of this week, and I, it's very Nagaya, this, this whole sugya that we're speaking about today. If you fast forward to the end of the Torah, the last part of the Torah by Shevet Levi, 
the bracha that Meshra Rabbeinu gives to Sheva Levi, Levi, Amar, Tumecha, Vorecha, etc. It says like this, Paraklam et Gimel, Sukkim Tess and Yod and Sefer Devarim. Ha'aymer la'aviv ule'imai la'ire'isiv. He said, Levi said to his father and his mother, I don't, I don't, I don't see you. V'as echav la'hikar, his brothers he didn't recognize. V'as bonav la'yada, and his sons he didn't know. What is that talking about? What is, what, what, what? What, what, what are we saying here? So if you look in Rashi, he says, this is talking about our parasha this week, Kisisa, with the Chet Ego. During the Chet Ego, Meshach Rabbeinu says, comes down from the mountain, he sees what's going on, he sees the Ego, he sees people dancing around the Ego, and he gets furious, he drops the Luchais, he breaks the Luchais, and then he says, okay, now we have, to, we have to take matters into our own hands, we have to right the wrong. Mila Hashem who is Hashem? Come to me right now. Levi. All Bnei Levi came. No one else came, just Bnei Levi. And every member of Bnei Levi came. And what did they say? What did the Pazik say? They took swords in their hand and they killed whoever was being Ived Le'egel. Anyone that was worshipping the Egel, they murdered. Even their own mother and father, Rashi explains obviously that they were somehow not Levian. You have to figure out how it's possible to have a mother and a father that's not from Shevet Levi and still it's here, but from not Levi, but a different Shevet, like Yisrael. And I could kill that person. They're not Shevet Levi, but I could kill them. And they did kill them into their own brothers, half brothers. If let's say you have a half brother from your mother, so he could be from Shevet Dun. Kill him. If he was being Ivan Lego, kill him. With Bonav also. You have children somehow not Shevet Levi, they were killed. Amazing. Shevet Levi was Meiser Nefesh to kill other Jews in order to what? To Makadeshem Shemayim, to stop this terrible Magefa of the Chetaega from spreading and from becoming from becoming overwhelmingly impossible to atone for. That's the mile of Shevet Levi. Let's look at the next Pasuk. Yairu Mishpatach Aliyachai. Rashi Rabbeinu says, and Rashi says, because they did that, they are worthy to pass the Yairu Mishpatach Aliyachai. You should be Mira, the, the Mishpatim, the rules. You be the Chayseh Liyachai. This Sairaschan, you give over Taira, Li Yisrael. You're the perfect candidate to be a Rebbe. Very strange, right? The, the Hemshech HaPsukim. Because you were, Aymer La'avin, La'avir Isa, because you went and you, you killed your, you were able to take a sword and kill Klal Yisrael, so now you're going to be able to be Yerimish Ratachal Never heard of that. I mean, we were involved in a few search committees here to find different Rabbeim, Rosh Hashivas. I never asked anybody that was applying, you know, if they know how to use an AK-47. I didn't, I didn't know that being uh, able to be capable of murdering people is a, is a, you know, is a, is a good thing on your resume to be a Rav, to be a Paisic, to be a Rebbe. What's going on here? So what I was thinking is like this. The R.A. Miklot, 
where a hireg nefesh b'shayeg was sent to. All of the Ari Miklots were Ari Levian. They were also, they doubled as cities of the Levian. This is where the Levian lived. Remember, Levian didn't have farms. They were provided for by Kali Yisrael. They sat and learned in these Ari Levian. This is what the Chinuch writes, by the way. There's a mitzvah to make a midrash around the Ari Levian. You're supposed to beautify, like make nice parks and, uh, you know, open spaces around. You don't want to have crowded, congested cities. You like, you know, every city has like their own park. You have parks here in Manhattan, even though the real estate's so expensive. They make sure to have a central park. And you have to have nice areas to beautify your, your city. You can't have just um, all concrete and buildings. You have to have places to live so that you could, you could make it beautiful. There's a mitzvah to make, to beautify the outskirts of Ari Ari Levim. So, so the, so the Chinuch writes, why is there this mitzvah? He says, because this is a place of the Levim not only lived, but they taught. People came there, and murderers came there, and this is where they set up their yeshivas, and their batei medrash, this is a makam taira. And if it's a makam taira, Yerim Mishpatash Yaakov, he said, he brings his pasuk, this is where the Levim were teaching halachas, teaching Torah, liyata, liyata. you have to make it very nice. You have to be mahadr, the Torah, you have to make sure that it's a nice place to be. You don't want to be in a, you know, you have, you have a beautiful yeshiva, you want to try to enhance it, make a nice, like look at Lander College, beautiful, you have acres and acres of land and courts and this and that, that's how it should be. Imagine being a hired nefesh b'shkaga. Imagine if a person killed somebody b'shagag. I, I knew somebody once who was driving, and he and there was like a little non-Jewish boy that ran between the cars, and he didn't see him. And he killed him. He never was the same ever. Can't be the same. When when a person takes life b'shagag. We're not talking about a Ritzach B'Meza. I'm talking about a Shegeg. It's very, very hard to ever get up in the morning and say, ah, it's like you're depressed. You took somebody's life. You killed somebody. It's a very, very, you know, it brings people to depression. So the Torah, in its infinite wisdom and brilliance, says... Everyone that's a hired nefesh b'shkaga must go into Galus. Where should they go into Galus? Should they go to the local prison? Should they go to, a, I don't know, Alcatraz, find an island, let them all live there? No, no, no. You go to the Areha Levian. You're going to go to a city of Levian. Who are the Levian? Who are your hosts? These were Tamidei Chacham Movhakim. These were Paiskim. These were Gedalim. These were tremendous role models. These were G'dayle Yisrael. Imagine being a hired Nebuchadnezzar You go into the area of Levian. You see the Levian with all of their godless, with all of their greatness, the Yerushamayim, the ability that they had to be Marbet's Taira. And then you say, wait a minute. These were people, Shevet Levi, were the very people that when Meshur Rabbeinu said, Mila Eli, they took swords and they killed people. And yet, Akadosh Baruch Hu 
allowed them to become the great Sheva Levi as a result of this. What we see from here is that the Levim were role models for the Hired Nefesh Beshkaga to see how you could still, even after engaging in the worst behavior, I mean, this was a mitzvah, obviously, but when Misa, they murdered somebody, and yet they were able to continue living and to continue becoming the great people that they did, to be the Avdei Hashem and the Mikdash, and to become the Mishayrim with happiness, and build lives for themselves, and change Kal Yisrael. That's a tremendous thing. They were able thereby to rehabilitate the people that came broken, Shivrei Kalim, and to make them whole again. By the time they left the Arilavim, when the Kayangadol died, they were able to be chashev again, feel good about themselves. That's Sheva Levi. They were Harid Nefesh. They did it Laman Hashem. And Ru'uyin Meim Lakach, because of that, they're Roy to be Yaira Mishpatacha Liyakai, the Sarasli Israel. Yaakov is always a Lashon of the low, low people, like Lashon of Akev. You're talking about a low Jew, Yaakov. The high Jew, the Sar, Israel. They came in as a Yaakov to the Ari Miklot, to the Ari Alavim. Yaira Mishpatacha Liyakai. It starts off as Yaakov. But by the time they leave the Sairaschal Yisrael, they became Yisrael. They were fully rehabilitated. They were better than they were before they came in because they were able to be exposed to such greatness and they were able to relate to the Levium because the Levium had a similar situation as they did and yet they were able to become great and the Hayrgei Nefesh Bishkago were able to do the same. Very important always to be able to relate to your Rebbe. I think this, uh, this, in, this uh, initiative that, you know, told us Rabbi Sena or whatever it's called about getting a little glimpse into uh, the biographies of your Rebbeim, the autobiographies of your Rebbeim on Thursday night Mishmar, I think it's a beautiful idea. Not only because it, it humanizes your Rebbeim, but it makes a Rebbe more relatable if you realize that he might have gone through a lot of the things that you did. You think Rebbeim, like, were born already with uh, Shas and Paiskim and, you know, and, and Fidushim, and it's not true. They were young ones just like you, and they had a Yetzahara just like you, and they had Messianists like you, and they have family situations. And the more you realize that, you know, I, I could relate to this person the better it is. A lot of times people say, I can't talk to this rabbi because I can't relate to him. He's like, he's perfect. I, you know, it's not shy to relate to him. Often that's not true. Often if you would know a little bit more about your rabbeim, you'd realize they're human beings and they have a lot of the things that you went through. And I'll, oftentimes I think about myself that, you know, I went through myself, you know, a lot of things in my life on every front, I think, come out. And I always wonder, like, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through that? And then later on, I realized that because I went through those things, I'm able to help guys in a much more realistic way. I'm not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just, I theoretically think that you should be doing this or that. I went through it. I, I lived through that. 
or I made mistakes and I know that I shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing that. But that's what a Rebbe is. A Rebbe is somebody that you can look to and understand that he, he, he's, he's very relatable. I, I get him and he gets me. And that's all part of fostering a, a proper Rebbe Talmud relationship. It has to be, you know, with a certain distance, with a certain yura and covet, but at the same time, an openness and a, the ability to share experiences and to become closer. So that the Vachai, when you think about what your life is, the the Laitera is Kemisa Chashu, but it's, I can't live without the yeshiva. I can't live without my Rebbe. can't live without my Talmidim. That's what it is. It's Mamish, it's a, it's a life and death situation. You know, I was telling my son, you know, don't, he's like fretting about this decision. Should he come? Should he? I said, it's not life and death. You know, this isn't like, you know, should we use this surgeon or that surgeon? Should we do this procedure or that? This is like, okay, you know, you come home, you don't. And he, but he wasn't buying it. He, you know, like when I said it's not life and death, I don't know if he didn't say it to me, but I think he thought, oh, yes, it is. This is life and death. And that's exactly the way it should be. That's the way it should feel, that being in yeshiva is life and being out of yeshiva is the opposite. It's a story with Shlai Kluger. Shlai Kluger was one of the great gedalim in Europe, and he was a rebbe of the Beis HaLevi, of the great, uh, the beginner of the Brisker dynasty was the Beis HaLevi. And so as a young boy, as a yeshiva bacher, he learned by Rav Shlema Kluger. And then it was time for him to leave Rav Shlema Kluger's yeshiva and go elsewhere. Rav Shlema Kluger was the, in the city of Brot, a very prominent city. And he was leaving Brot, I don't know where he was going, wherever he was going, he, was, he had to leave. And the last conversation legend has between Rav Shlema Kluger and his Talmud, the Beis Halevi, before the Beis Halevi, the young Beis Halevi left, is that Rav Shlema Kluger looks at him and says, you have always resolved my difficult, my difficult questions. Whenever I had a sugya that I was pondering and I couldn't get a came, I called you over, we spoke about it, and you resolved it. But I have one difficulty that you cannot resolve. How will I manage to part from you? How will I manage to part from you? That's a story, I believe, that embodies everything that we spoke about today. I can't part from you. It's like, parting from you is like, it's like leaving life. I can't leave you. When a rab goes into Golas, Tamid Meftafah, when a Tamil of the Rebbe, there's, there's some magnetic bond that should and must exist between a Rebbe and a Talmud that if you do have to leave, it's like an impossible thing. I, I can't. I can't let you go. There's a Gemara, I just remembered, there's a Gemara, I think it's in Chagiga, that said that there was a, I don't remember who the Amiram was, but there was a Talmud that was leaving to go to another city. And he said goodbye to his Rebbe. And then, but... He didn't end up leaving that night. He, he was leaving the next morning. So he came back to his rabbi and he said goodbye again. So the Gemara says, you know what, I'll find it for you after the Shmuz. 
So I was always wondering, like, he already said goodbye, you know, you say, you go, you, you, you know, you, you drive to somebody's house, you say goodbye to your Rebbe. Okay, so you're, you, have a, you catch a flight the next morning, you have to go back the next morning and say goodbye again. What's the problem like tomorrow? You say goodbye. You did your thing. Check the box. The answer is that that's, if you have that question, you don't understand what a Rebbe Talmud should be. There's a certain magnetic pull that brings you back to your Rebbe. I said goodbye, but I have to come back again to say goodbye. I didn't leave yet, so I have to come back again. And when I'm away, I'm still like yearning to go back, but I'm not able to, so uh, the, mag- the magnetic field has to be put on hold for a little bit, but as soon as I have an opportunity to come back, I come back. And when a guy leaves Lander College, I, I would like to believe, and sometimes they do, often they don't, but that if they're ever at least passing through Queens, you come back and say, say hello. Because that's what, a, if, you, if you really were a Talmud and you felt that you had a Rebbe, then it's just like natural. You just come back. You can't have, how can you go through Queens without coming in? And I think we've learned a lot today about, for all of us, what a Rebbe is, what a Talmud is, and what the Yeshiva is. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we should take these understandings with us for the rest of our life and always live by them. Understand that the proper chiyos that a person should have is not for cars and not for money and not for homes, it's for Tyra. And if I have Tyra and I have a Beis Medrash and I have a, a Rebbe, I have a Chabura, I have Talmidim, then I'm happy, I'm alive. But the second that that is severed, it's Kamisa Chashuba. I don't have a life. It looks like I have a life. You might see me on Instagram, you know, driving a, a Lambo and think that I, I, you know, I got the life, but I don't. It's, it's death. It's Kamisa Chashuba. But if you have a yeshiva buffer that's sitting on a and he has a rebbe and he's steiging, and he, that's chiyas, that's life, that's life itself. All the should be zayfet to that. Have a good Shabbos.